It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, January 8th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that has so much to talk about, but uh, mostly an Ed Snyder kind of win on an Ed Snyder day. Yeah, that was apropos. We will get into that, World Juniors, and our nemesis of the week all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, what a weekend, as they say, <laughs> Russ. We had a spectacular time at the game on Saturday versus Calgary. Uh, not only did we get that win that the Flyers uh, much needed, but there was an excellent program honoring the legacy of Ed Snyder. Uh, we spoke to Flyers governor and Comcast Spectacore CEO Dan Hilferty about that. Um, that interview was audio and is in the audio feeds as we speak. And uh, might throw it up there on YouTube as well. So look for it there. Uh, in the meantime, uh, the Flyers did win that game 3-2 to two, coming back in it, which I, I think was an important aspect of it. They're also back to the 12-6, and six, which, uh, thank goodness. Yeah, I mean, you know, a couple things to, to, to pull out of that. It's nice that Dan Hilfer is a loyal watcher of the show and actually, you know, took us up on the, uh, the Ed Snyder thing and, and made it great. Like, they what they did with it, they ran with it, man. They... It was terrific. It was very nostalgic. You know, the end was funny because of the fighting and stuff. And the teams knew they weren't going to face each other, so they went crazy at the end. Uh, that was, you know, like two mirror images playing each other. There's no question about it. Uh, the the game was really sloppy for a while, like I would say a period and a half. And then, you know, and then things got better. Uh, on the positive side, they, you know, Igor Zamula, I think, has finally calmed down any fears of, the coach or or fans but on the negative side i don't know if morgan frost can do anything good anymore because if you say something positive about about him on twitter it's almost like there's a negative response and i don't like that because i don't think what happens between him and the coach should should ever you know color what he does on the ice and so i thought he had a good game i thought that goal was a really good goal other people were yeah. telling me it was a beer league goal. And I'm like, I played beer league and watched it. And I, you know, I think you have to take it. What you have to take into account for that goal is the speed, the fact that he's facing physicality while it's happening and he did it quickly, but whatever, you know, your, your opinion on Morgan Frost is your own. I'm not going to try and change it. I'm just saying, I think it would be a mistake if he gets traded. And I know there's a great chance that could happen. 
Yeah, it's interesting because they did um, have a meeting. Um, uh, both sides of the discussion, you know, d talked about it in in terms that they had a meeting and they got thoughts out on the table. They're not going to talk about what those thoughts are, which is fine. That's their prerogative, and it's probably for the best anyway. Uh, but I, I do think it's important to mention that because it seems like there's some sort of better understanding now between the two of them. It, it may not change the relationship. It may not change the outcome of whether he gets traded, but there is some sort of better understanding between them. And I think that's important. It is important because you just want to be able to get the best out of the player, even if you are going to trade them. Uh, I think the other thing about him that's kind of misunderstood is, look, he is a, a an assist guy. He is a, a setup guy. Now, because of the way the Flyers have been the last couple of years, and I think even now this year, with times when they're really starving for goals, I think they're wanting him to score more. And I think that that's something where I think that's going to start to happen. But again, and I'm not comparing the players. I'm just saying you go back to Claude Giroux. There was a time where Claude Giroux couldn't buy goals either. And, and so I'm saying a lot of times when you're like a – a guy who's a pass-first guy, it takes a little bit to start wanting to score goals and figuring out how to do it. And I think he is doing that, but it's not going to be at the rate he did last year. He's missed too many games, too much time. You know, I said to somebody, if he gets in the high 30s, I'd be happy with that at this point this year. Yeah, I think that's fair. And yeah, I, I can only hope that things improve and there's a way for Morgan Frost to stick around with this team because I agree with you, Russ, on that front. Um, but, you know, whatever it is, it is. I'm just glad. I, I feel like the narrative is almost over with that. I, th I feel like... I think it's up to the fans now. I think the fans are the yeah. last bastion of how the narrative is. And uh, we'll, we'll see on that. Um, I think, you know, obviously we also have to talk about Cam Atkinson because mm -hmm. he returned to the lineup here and, you know, he was very clearly just going for it on every yeah. shift. I mean, he was, he's not totally effective. He's a great guy to have around. Don't get me wrong. He's a great guy to talk after the game. He's a great guy to, to talk to the kids, but I have to say if that's going for it, I'm a little worried. Yeah, you could just see he had some aggressiveness and he was taking more shots, I think. Yeah. And um, I think he was trying to be smarter about those shots as well, uh, more selective or, or thinking about the shot even more. He didn't get anything to go, but I think he feels better about himself getting back out on the ice. It does seem um, that way, like post-game. He does feel that way. So maybe that, you know, that, re you know, that day off to look will eventually help. I hope it does, but we we really haven't seen anything out of him for like a month. And yeah. when it gets to be like that, then you 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 start to worry because Cam is not a young player. He's taken a lot of hits in his career, and you don't know if something's going to start to go sideways in his career. He's always going to be a useful guy to have, but if you can't count on him, let's say to be like you you know one of your top five scorers, then you've got to adjust the lineup accordingly. Like you know he may have to become like an, a third liner all the time if he's just not as effective. Right. And I think that'll be, you know, part of the discussions about him right. moving forward and, you know, what they ultimately decide to do with their lineup. And, you know, it is the new year. And so there will be, you know, we're 
couple months away from trade deadline, right? So I think that the next like six to eight weeks are, are going to be really important. I'm not saying Atkinson's getting traded, but I think what he does will be part of the discussions around who they might trade or, you know, what they're considering in the big picture. Yeah, I also think the level that the Flyers are always asked to play at, like, you know, in that high gear all the time, at your best, every moment, every second, every shift, that that bye week can't come quick enough for them. Like, I just yeah. think that they're a team that desperately needs that, you know, all-star bye week. Yeah, I think that'll be good for them. Um, also, obviously, have to bring up that penalty kill uh, again. Mm-hmm. Um, just tremendous work on the PK from the Flyers. And, you know, uh, Travis Konechny scoring that goal. It was just such a great shot. And I think that the chemistry that he and Scott Lawton have, I talked about that before. I, I asked Travis Konechny about it after the game. And, you know, he said they have conversations on the bench about it sometimes uh, in terms of when they're on that two-on-one break on the penalty kill, like what their strategy is going to be. And I just think that's such an important part of the success of this PK. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely won a fair amount of games for him with that because it definitely sparks them. I, I think it's something, though, that you can't always count on. But it's a, right. you know, but for the most part, it works for them. I think Calgary, you know, tries the same thing. So they just, you know, they, they didn't get that same result. The Flyers did. And that probably was the difference in the game. I, I yeah. think and, he's fighting through an injury, though, because I saw points oh, yeah. where, you know, he just didn't have the right energy level for him. And then at other times he did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just uh, one quick stat. Dmitry Filipovich uh, pointed out during the game that the Flyers are only down uh, 13 goals to 10 in over 200 minutes of four on five uh, penalty kill time. That That is absolutely bonkers that a team can accomplish that. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the high point of their special teams of the season. I mean, the other part of the special teams is never a high point. Uh, it helped this game, but only but they got one. Yeah, one. they got one. Yeah, yeah. But there it was is a lot amazing. of time. The Flyers were on the power play to get yeah. one. That's true. That is true. But yeah, I think you know overall it was a a good game to have on Ed Snyder Day. Uh, I think it fit his style perfectly with extra uh, curriculars. that went on for quite some time and all that. The energy was there. Uh, There's some more things about that day we're going to talk about as well as wrapping up World Juniors. We're going to do that coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on those last-minute tickets, and with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for all the fun you'll have. My favorite parts of the Game Time app is that it's great for getting notified about last-minute flash deals. Plus, you can get that all-important view from your seat uh game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and sometimes up to an hour after it starts so you can get your last minute seat there also the tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account use the code locked on nhl for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply Again, create an account and redeem with the code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. 
On tomorrow's show, we will be talking about uh, Flyers Pens that is happening tonight. And uh, we'll be having a mailbag segment later this week. So get those questions in. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail, comment over on YouTube, or send us a message on Twitter. Uh, Russ, we talked a little bit about the Ed Snyder tribute stuff that went on. Um, just a really great program overall, you know, starting with the tribute video, which we'll put a link to in the show notes. That was just so well done. It was. It was nice to see some of the, that stuff. Uh, and it's not to say Flyers fans haven't seen it over the years, but there definitely was a drop off. Uh, there was a drop off for a lot of those kinds of things. Uh, during the Fletcher era that just kind of went away. Maybe they started to go away during the Hextall era too. That's fine. That's fair to say. Um, it's always a hard thing though. I mean, I'm not going to dump on all the previous administrations because I, I remember the one time when like the Toronto Maple Leafs were like, we're going to forget about the past and we're just going to look to the future. And they tried that too. But in the end, you can't outrun your past. There's just, there's a fine line and a way to balance yeah. it. And this was a way to do it where it was like, okay, you could feel really good about it again for you know, for a game and if you wanted to bring your kids to sort of educate them and see what you used to see, that's good. I mean, there's never a bad thing about that. So I thought I thought there was a good connective tissue there. Yeah, I really think so, too. And, you know, all the videos from past flyers yeah. from, you know, around the league and the alumni and just, you know, Dan Hilferty talked about this with us in, in our interview that just the fact that the alumni connection here is so strong and that community is so strong and you could just see it and how many of them uh, wanted to say something about Mr. Schneider and, and what he meant to them. If I'm going to tell you the strongest alumni associations that I've seen, uh, like Canadians, Leafs, Rangers, Bruins, Flyers, they're all like really really good alumni associations you see the players a lot they still play games uh they get together they're actually friends you know that's that's you know fans like to see some of that they do they like it if a player lives in their neighborhood even if it's you know for half the year but it's funny because in this part of the world and look i moved from long island to eventually uh down to atlantic city and now to where I am in, in South Jersey, uh, it's a nice area. And so, like, unless you're going to live, you know, in the super cold because you're used to Canada and you want a house there or you're going to go where it's super warm in Florida, it's actually a pretty nice place to live. And so you do see a fair amount of players moving in and settling in. And that fans like that. There's there's definitely a positive to that. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I really liked they they had the puck drop uh with uh the new mayor of philadelphia mayor parker yeah, that was a, a surprise that was interesting yeah uh, one of the other kind of interesting things about the day was that there was no gritty corner uh during this game i can't say i was upset well i think that you know having a mascot was something that mr snyder i think did not want right per se it, it was quiet just, back in the day there was one yeah that they conjured up for a little while and it didn't work out. Um, so yeah. I, I agree. I thought that was good that they didn't have it. Would I yeah. like it if they went away with that section? Yeah, I probably would. But, you know, it's fine. Whatever they want to do, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it was just a kind of funny little uh, moment. It took there. a minute to notice. to notice. It did. Yeah, yeah. 
but all in all, um, an excellent uh, day and uh, I, I think a, a really quality game um, as part of it. I think everybody had a ton yeah, of Yeah, I think third period really ramped things up the right way. Before that, yeah, was, absolutely. Okay. second period was really good for the Flyers, don't get me wrong. But I think the third period was kind of like became a really good tense period and put a good capper on that game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, switching gears to talk about World Juniors, uh, Team USA, of course, won the gold medal in this one over Sweden. Uh, final score was six to two. Uh, Czechia got the bronze over Finland, eight to five. Man, it, we were so close to potentially having a Sweden-Finland final, and then both of those teams lost in their yeah. medal games. Yeah, I'll tell you, though, like, you know, Czechia really – Great comeback, but Finland, great just to be able to get themselves back in there when it looked awful for them early on. There were some really yeah. tense games, some really good and exciting games. You know, the U.S. team, I knew when I was in camp that, because I had been to some camps before and I've watched all their teams for the last 20-something years, uh, that this is the most talented top to bottom. They may not have the biggest superstars, but they were the most talented top to bottom. And and it did prove out because, again, you needed both Trey Augustine and Jacob Fowler, as it turns out, because, you know, Augustine got sick and Fowler won some key games. Like, he played great. He may not have had the save percentage Augustine did, but it doesn't matter. He he came up big in some of those games, and that mattered. And the team was just, you know, they were they were a terrific team, but they also had great singular talent, too. Yeah, I think so. As well, uh, Cutter Gautier in the tournament overall. He didn't have any points in that uh, gold medal game, but definitely contributed a lot to the USA effort, I would say. He did, and I think uh, that cost him the MVP. Like, I think he'd have won it. I did do an article on um, Full Press. Who's going to win the MVP, Gautier or Lekaramaki? And I thought Gautier would because I thought he would maybe get a point or two in this last game. But Again, I, I keep pointing out, like, David Carl wanted him to play a role. And he played that role. Yep. He was top-line center. At, you know, no matter what, McGrory and whoever else was going to play with him. I know Snuggaroo was there for a little while. Yep. You know, you you got to keep those guys into the game, too. You can't take all the shots. So I think that that was, that was a factor. You also have guys who need to handle the puck, like Lane Hudson. So that's a factor. So I think he did everything right. I, you know, face-offs, he was really good. Like, he... He, he did himself mm -hmm. well as a center. He really showed off his center talent. And I think that's what people should really look at when you look at Cutter Goche and, and you know, and that's what I mean. Like Ramaki, he just scored big goals, man. Like, it's just, he. the thing about him is, and Vancouver fans should ultimately be happy they have him. I get it. He's not going to be that guy that's involved with everything all game. But he is he is bigger. Like, he has gotten stronger. He is better away from the puck than he used to be. But he's got that shot, and that's his superpower. And so, like, if he's going to eventually be out there with Pedersen and Besser and all those guys, that could make up one of the best power plays, in, you know, that the league's ever seen, really, uh, if it all yeah. were click right and they all were still there when he makes it. So I never want to take anything away from him. He's a terrific player. I liked him a lot in this draft year. I did. Yeah, and um, obviously uh, we saw that Lekaramaki and Cutter Gautier had some words during the handshake yeah, line. We don't know what they were. Like, Gautier, and I never found him to be like a troller or a dishonest guy, so I do think he did wish him well and everything, and then Lekaramaki had something to say. I think it had to do with um, the Ryan Leonard, you know, doing the kiss to the crowd yeah. and, and Augustine doing the, you know, uh, 
the Russell Crowe version of uh, what he wanted to do there in Gladiator. But, you know, at the end of the day, there were four or five guys on this team, I think five, that lost to Sweden and wanted to get exact revenge. And that was on their mind. They talked about it in camp. It was written about a lot. And they wanted to win gold, right? There were other guys that had won gold in the U18s on that team, but not those older guys. They didn't. Right. They were hungry right. for it. And you know what? They got it. And so, listen, I can't get mad at them doing that. I don't think it hurts anybody. I actually thought the um, that guy Becker was worse when he was um, <laughs> taunting the other bench. Like, the U.S. players didn't taunt the Swedish bench. They just were. They like, taunted oh, the fans, though, from the yeah. penalty box. <laughs> yes. They were definitely getting into it with the fans. But. All in all, I don't think it was the worst thing we've ever seen, and I didn't really care. But I get it. If you're there and you're Swedish, you might care. I understand that. Yeah. Katergate also named forward of the tournament, yeah. not MVP, but forward. He was the third best plus minus, third best in face-offs. Um, you know, I, I think we are in good shape with Katergate. Yeah, he's, in our he's, he's, he's coming along well. I do think he'll come out this year. Again, I just, if it were me right now, I might not have him start at the NHL level for long. I might give him a couple games and then send him to Lehigh and hope that he puts him over the top, much like uh, Jeff Carter and Mike Richards did back in the day for um, for the Phantoms when they actually won it all. So, you know, you had a guy like Goche, that could be a big ad for them. Yeah, uh, just uh, quickly, uh, any other standout players in the tournament you want to Yeah, mention? there's a laundry list. I mean, Isaac Howard played like the Isaac Howard of like two years ago. He was always kind of like this quick burst scoring guy. And then this year in college, he became like more of an assist guy. So it was nice to see that he still has that in him. Uh, Lane Hudson, like a warrior, like we didn't know about yeah. that feisty feistiness. But but I do think his defense is coming on. And so I do think he'll be an NHL. Lenny Hamanajo for the Devils, I thought played great for the Finns. Casper Haltunen for the Sharks. Also, Consta Hellenius. I think did really well for a 17-year-old who's going to be in this draft, and we'll talk more about him. Maxime Sturbeck uh, was like the third highest-scoring defenseman, I think, and he's going to play another year, like his fourth World Juniors next year. Uh, so he's he's a really good defenseman for the Sabres, and I think there is some offense in his game. He told me there was, and so same as, as Zee Booyam, who I think now has probably moved into my top 10. He told me there was more offense in his game too, but – a lot of times these guys want to square with their defense and would stir back their physicality. And then sometimes when they're confident, a little more offense comes out. Neither of them are going to light the world on fire offensively, but there's always a little more there. And Sturback showed it and so did uh, Booyam. So I think all of those guys, and there were more, like there were more guys from other countries. And so, yeah, I just, there, there was a lot of talent. And that was what, what was the key thing. Gavin Brindley too, Gavin Brindley. I mean, that's, you're talking about, that's Adam Fantilli's best friend. I was talking to Brian Hedger about it before the game a couple of games ago when Columbus was in town. And, you know, I could see those two guys being on the same line someday for Columbus, you know, Brindley and Fantilli. And that could be really good for, for Jackets, for the Jackets. Yeah, yeah. Tons of great performances. I would also say Trey Augustine played really well in this tournament in net for the Americans. I think it's probably his best tournament that I've seen him. Yeah, I think it's his best. And he... I spoke to him in camp, and he definitely got faster uh, as far as post-to-post -post and up and down, and I think that really helped yeah. him. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right, we are going to wrap up uh, this show as we do each and every Monday with our nemesis of the week coming up next. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live game, same game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best way to find popular parlays and more. I got to tell you now, because of where we the way we tape, I don't know the exact matchups for next week's game, but I'll tell you, I would bet the Ravens. I don't think they're losing for a while. They're just they're an amazing team. So go with the Baltimore Ravens, no matter what, no matter who they match up against. That's that's my recommendation. So visit fanduelcom slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus national shows covering every league like Locked On NHL. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube to subscribe. For our nemesis of the week this week, well, last week we talked a little bit about Alberta uh, because simply because of the Flames and Oilers competition there. I think for me this week, you know, looking ahead to it, we've got the Pens, the Habs, the Wild, and the Jets. And I, I feel like that's sort of a theme of rivalries and risers, right? Because I think yeah. like a, as we go through the week, the competition is going to get harder and harder. And I feel like, you know, the pens are such a mixed bag and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, but you know, the Habs are a team that could surprise you on any day. They just had a big win over the Rangers in the shootout. Yeah. Yeah. And especially against the Flyers, for some reason, they always seem to play better against the Flyers. They're young and fast. That's for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, the wild, I know they have some injury issues right now, but also, but they're still playing generally better since the coaching change. And yeah, I Mark feel Hunter like Corey, I think just tied Patrick Waugh for second most all-time yep. wins. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the jets who are just like on fire this year, I think uh, they're getting to the uh, conference final. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like this is a very challenging week for the flyers. Very challenging week. It'll be, you know, interesting to see. Um, my nemesis is going to be the local meteorologist. We are in the 21st <laughs> century. And by by saying that, we all have weather apps. We all have phones. We all can see what's happening. We all can look at the maps. We don't have like Doppler 8000, but we have most everything else. And I just feel like they built up this storm so badly. And we all kind of knew, like the ones who live locally like me, like, hey, we were going to get rain, but we weren't getting snow. And snow was going to be like beyond even the Philly area and more like up in the Lehigh area. Like we all could see that coming a mile away. But I noticed that a couple of the stations started doing their storm coverage the day before because they were looking for that snow bump because there hasn't been any snow here in a couple of years. And honestly, this was really marginal too. Uh, you know, they did shovel. If you lived in Lehigh, you shoveled. I get it. But it wasn't a big storm or anything. And I think. They were just looking for snow ratings and they probably didn't get them the way they hoped. And that's why my nemesis is just call it like it is meteorologist. You don't have to play it up. Yeah, I hear you. 
the Flyers do play the Pittsburgh Penguins at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can catch every second of the Flyers hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search for Flyers. Just a, a couple of quick notes about this matchup. Pens just lost to the Sabres. Uh, but they beat the Bruins and Isles and Blues, but then lost to the Caps. This is just a weird team. They did I, I a lot really... of shots on the Sabres, though, like 42 saves for Lucas yeah. and I think so. I just feel like from game to game, there's no telling what Penguins team is going to show up. I think that's fair. So uh, they're, they're second to last in the Metro right now, which is so weird to say, but it, that's because they've been inconsistent. Yeah. But we do know Sidney Crosby always comes into Philly looking for a fight. So Jeff Carter's playing a little better. A little better. And I feel like after that Ed Snyder game and after the energy of the Calgary game, like to then go directly into a rivalry game against the Pens, like the Flyers are going to be fired up. No be doubt. fired up. No day, but but so will the Penguins. Like they know, yeah, they know all their points are important. Like these are the games we look forward to. You like these rivalry games, absolutely. All right, that will do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. On tomorrow's show, of course, we will recap that game against the Pens, and we'll have our Phantoms Tuesday. So uh, also get those mailbag questions in. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail. Send us a message on Twitter at lockdownflyers or comment over on YouTube. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day.